Welcome to We Have Spoken. Uh, this is season three, episode two. This is the podcast discussing our favorite Star Wars show, The Mandalorian. In this episode, we'll be discussing chapter 18, The Minds of Mandalore, written by John Favreau and directed by Rachel Morrison. It aired on March 8th, 2023, exclusively on Disney Plus, and we're recording this on Friday, March 10th. Uh, my name is Dennis. And I'll be here to help you navigate your one-eyed spider mecha nightmares on this journey. Uh, with me, as always, is my prequel apologist, Ricky. It's me! It is you! <laughs> we're back! Uh, we're back! We did this, we're doing two in a row. It's been, uh, I'm getting warmed up. I, I really enjoyed uh, the way uh, episode one came out, and... and uh, uh, this it's season. funny how it works out. I know we were talking about bringing the show back in partial increments, but lo and behold, we're here all all season. Yeah, we're we're here all season, and uh, this one has actually kind of replaced uh, Dan Excelsior, the mostly Marvel podcast, which was our our regular weekly show. Uh, but we might still squeeze in one or two episodes of that uh, throughout the season. Uh, but we are going to hijack the other tradition, which is doing a post uh, show after this one is recorded for our our patron fans our patreon fans um it's called the the soapbox and it's uh basically just an after show where we hang out with our guests and talk about whatever we want um patrons get exclusive access uh to chat with us and uh they get to watch it you know for like the first week or so until i make it eventually live to the public um anyways that's just my shameless plug for patreon.com slash Uh, But we do have a guest this time, as we promised. Uh, it's not just me and Ricky uh, for the rest of the season. We're going to have uh, friends uh, come on the show and talk with us to make this a little bit more exciting. Um, so this, our first guest of the season, uh, he is a former co-host of the show I just mentioned earlier, uh, Dan Excelsior. Uh, and he's also uh, a big fan of this show. Uh, it's Frank. Hey, hey. You know, uh, former former co-host and uh, former fan of Star Wars. Uh, it's great to be here. I'm actually a bigger fan of We Have Spoken than I am of Star Wars at this current moment. But uh, <laughs> That's cool. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take that win. I actually I like your guys' points of views on everything. So it, it's pretty great to be on the show. It's kind of it's kind of funny. Like I, I'm trying to fight the feeling of being starstruck. Um, because, but, but I mean, I've, I've, I've joked with you chuckleheads on, on, uh, Den Excelsior. So like, I should be at ease, but like, it's just kind of weird, man. Coming, coming back from the comic con. Um, like I looked Jamie Kennedy in the eye, like after taking a picture with him. Oh and yeah. Then I, you like, went to the Seattle comic con. Yeah. Yeah. The Emerald City, yeah. Emerald City comic con. Emerald City comic con. Yeah. And, uh, I looked him straight in the eye after taking photo ops with him, Nev Campbell, Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard. Yeah. And when the moment I, I locked eyes with Jamie Kennedy, I just, I skipped, I like giggled and hopped and skipped away. Like, and I was all like, I don't know what the hell just came over. Like I was telling Sarah about this for a while and she's all like, yeah, I don't I'm know. Starstruck. Yeah. It was just super weird. So yeah. I'm finding the urge to hop and skip right now. That's um, awesome. Well, you know, I, I, I do remember, uh, you know, for season two, when Ricky and I decided to do this with, with guests. Um, and I just thought, you know, like being the big star Wars fan, you were, in 2020 yeah, um, yeah that this would be something you would want to do and i actually it took convincing remember you didn't want to do it you actually true. you were like i'd rather just be a fan of the show yeah. and i was like but i think hesitant. it'd be really good and so 
it was that episode that you did with us that convinced me that if we did another show, I was like, Ricky, we we should have Frank. We should have Frank because like the whether or not you are starstruck, you, you still <laughs> you come off you come off well. You know, like okay, you come okay, off, I appreciate that. Yeah. You, well, you didn't see me with Jamie Kennedy to be fair, so. That's fair, but well, Jamie Kennedy is way cooler, right? No, he is pretty cool. He's pretty damn cool. He's funny. He's funny, at least. Yeah, fair he's pretty enough. good at Son of the Mask. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, wait. Oh, you're being serious? Shit. <laughs> he, is. he is, and that's why he is our prequel apologist, right? And that's why we do this show is because, like, like you were saying, Frank, you like the different uh, points of view that we have. Like, that's yeah. kind of the whole point of this show is to bring together people who have differing, uh, you know, opinions of something but can all agree that uh we love to talk about star wars yes. whether or not we actually enjoy specific things about it it's fun to talk about star wars and we all enjoy different yeah. even if we don't enjoy it all or if, if you know whatever whatever level of enjoyment we have there's different things that we all like that maybe the other one doesn't. Um, in, yeah. in the time since we last had you on this show have how have you enjoyed the Star Wars that has been out there. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, exactly. Tell us about how your relationship with Star Wars is now or how it's changed. It's It's been a steady decline, I'll tell you. And it, <laughs> it, I just feel like a, I think it was, it started off like a, like a bit of Star Wars fatigue. Like I needed the Star Wars, like, you know, blue pill to get it back up again um, to watch the Mandalorian. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I just, I just. You were feeling just so that way before season two. Before, before uh, okay. no, you know what? Just after after Book of Boba Fett, actually, it started going. Star I think Wars you were still time. down to clown on season two because uh, uh, you were you were yeah. you joined you did the show with us and you seemed pretty happy about it. Too. Yeah, and season yeah. two was cool, even though like it had that dubious kind of ending that I think we've talked about several times since yes. with uh, with it's Luke great. Skywalker stealing. But remember, I didn't like that ending. Either. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I, I was cool with the ending just because I, I like the idea of seeing like a young Luke. Um, kick ass you know but I, I but i agreed with you that um he took away from the people who we were invested in all season yes kicking ass in that episode yeah. and I, I think they could have done but they could have had their cake and eaten it too but you know well for whatever reason they chose they chose not to but then like we got Book money of Boba Fett. they chose money they chose the money yeah Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do have that Lego set of uh, Luke kicking ass. So there you go. Um, <laughs> it worked. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I was going to say was uh, like it, it, the book of Boba Fett was just really, really blah. And then from there, just, I just got tired. Like I know, I know you guys rep Andor, and I, I saw the last, the last episode you guys did of we have spoken um, where you guys are repping Andor, And I'm like, you guys make me want to watch Andor, but I just know, I know it's a slow burn, so it's going to it's going to take me a while to really get invested in it. But the cool thing about it is it's uh, they they're only doing the two seasons, right? It's yeah. like a it's like a limited series. It's two and you're yeah, done. So she said it wasn't sustainable. So it's because we know we know his fate. Is right. What said. And so it's a 24 episode show. But the first season is the 12 episodes, yeah. which 12 episodes. is a lot, by the way. It's pretty cool. By it's today's standards, it's a, a Star lot. Wars you can watch. You can watch with the wife, I think. Because it's it's very much not a Star Wars show, and there's brown people, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of brown people. Star Wars people. It's a lot of brown people, and that's you know, to cool. be fair, uh, Boba Fett had brown people, and that didn't improve the quality of that show. No, but that's because Robert Rodriguez directed it. Did, did he direct it that's the true. whole way through? I don't. I didn't remember that. Yeah. Most, I think he did most, most of, of it. Oh, you know, Robert Rodriguez. He, he would. He was at least in charge of all the worst episodes. Was uh. 
because he. I don't think he did the one. I don't think he did the cool Mando episodes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he did the Mando episodes. No, I don't think he did. Wait, we're missing one. Obi Wan. You didn't watch Obi Wan either. No, he. I did watch Obi Wan. He did watch it. Okay. It started cool though, right? Obi Wan started cool. Obi Wan had so much potential, but then yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened. I, I. I guess fan service happened or like weird edits happened or something but i did like i like certain aspects of it like i I really picked and choose what i liked and i think we argued about the the whole gate thing like why didn't he just yes. go around the yeah, gate we did we did if he was if he, he was gonna walk anyway why didn't he just go around just go around the gate yeah and then we talked about how fast uh little baby leia can run and like uh she's actually so that's okay, she me, has the force, by the way. Let me go back. So I told you that I had that photo op with the, <laughs> the actors from Scream. Um, yeah. we're, my wife and I are currently, this is what we're nerding out on right now. We're currently trying to get every actor from Scream to sign the Scream poster we have. So, so far we have the four, Nev Campbell, Skeet Ulrich, uh, Matthew Lillard, and Jamie Kennedy. Those are the four major ones. Um, we need Courtney Cox. So we need Courtney Cox and David Arquette. We recognize that that's going to be the hardest one. And uh, we're going to a con on in June. Uh, where Rose McGowan's going to be there. So that, that'll that knock another one off the list. But um, Rose McGowan's going to be there, but also uh, the actress that played little baby Leia. Drew is Barrymore is going to be a tough one too. Drew Barrymore is another tough one. Like if you go to her show, you can get it. I, that, that's what I'm thinking. Like, so that was our thought of, of just uh, signing on to the Drew Barrymore show in New York and then hopefully finding Courtney Cox somehow magically. Like maybe we'll go to central perk and just hang out um so so but uh, i wanted to challenge little baby leia to a foot race when we're when we're at SummerCon and see if she accepts it i want to see oh is she gonna be there yeah so she's gonna be there yeah okay um hey by the way uh i forgot one more formality that we got to get out of the way before oh, yeah. we can get the rest of the show roll show rolling so brought uh, to you by blue chew no no we're no, uh no. brought to you by nord vpn uh if, if like we're ever your... If we're ever sponsored, it'll just it'll just interrupt us. Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, I'm not cool enough to just like start having scripts sent to me from commercials uh, to do that. Uh, no, uh, what I was gonna say is uh, there was one last introduction to do. Uh, as always, uh, you know we have our fabulous producer Lindsay bringing balance to the force behind the scenes. She is currently wrangling the dogs. I heard them just briefly just now, uh, but I have some more soundproofing going on in here. But she is trying to keep the peace with those dogs so that we can do this show. So thank you always. Uh, she's always giving us notes and stuff. Um, there. Now that's out of the way. If you got, if you want, we can, we can go back into the foot about, race with baby little baby. Yeah, Leda. You can, we can go back into the foot race with, foot race with baby Leda, or we can start talking about the thing that we came here to talk about. Yeah, let's foot, do that. I don't, race, I don't want to derail the. I don't want to derail the conversation. I do want the foot race. Don't don't get me wrong. But let's. Uh... Let's get in the conversation and then yeah, let's, let's talk some Mando. All right, cool. Well, let's first up, let's do a little non-spoiler talk. You know, before we get into the spoilers, uh, I'm just going to give you the elevator pitch for this episode. Uh, and for anyone who hasn't watched it, you know, um, here's what I here's what I, I came up with. B- before you get into your pitch, I'm, I'm going to let you talk. I'm I'm doing like Kanye. I'm going to let you talk, but uh, uh, no, I I want to say that I really liked your pitch uh, last episode. Like it was super concise. That was the most concise that I've ever seen you do a pitch, but it hit oh, all the major I, I points. I had notes on it. Did you really? Uh, no, he's. We're talking about the pitch, the one line, the, the one sentence pitch. No, just, yeah. just the one sentence pitch. He did that yes. really well. And normally, right, like, well, let's see if we can do it for you again. Okay. All right. Uh, so here's the here's the elevator pitch for this episode. This is the one where Mando gets into another jam. This time on Mandalore, uh, and 
just uh, relies on his greatest gift, his impressive network of Star Wars superheroes. It <laughs> is so true. You know, like I heard someone and I, I heard someone talking about how why didn't uh, he just send uh, Grogu to Boba Fett? And I'm all like, have you seen Boba Fett? Like I would never I wouldn't send anything to Boba Fett. I wouldn't send yeah. a FedEx package to Boba I mean, Fett. He's still like a crime lord, right? Like, I, I don't know if yes, I'd call him he has that. a crime lord. But I, I mean, he, like he calls himself one, whatever. Yeah. He identifies as a crime lord. That's fine. Do you approve of that elevator pitch as well? That was great, man. Killer. All right. Cool. Um, that's that's the that's the 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 short and sweet of it. Uh, now I think for anybody who who still hasn't watched the show. I'm going to have to give you the spoiler warning. Why are you here? No, because they love us. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't you shame them. I think Frank started watching a few minutes of our show before he had watched the episodes of crazy. Uh, it, of it's true. Mandalore. It's true. See? I just want to see the intro. I'm here to please it. not tease. Okay, we're not, we're not going to shame them. We're if not down to clown. Up, all we're going to do is give a polite warning that we, from here on out, we're about to spoil the episode that we just watched this week. So uh, kindly uh, stop playing this if you don't want that ruined for yourself or continue watching either way. Um, all right. We're going to get into the spoilers and then I'm going to let these guys talk a bunch about what they like and dislike and all that stuff. So for anyone who needs a refresher of what occurred, uh, here's a quick recap. It's it's not as quick as the elevator pitch. And this is yep. where Ricky gets salty. Uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, first up, Din visits his mechanic pal, Pelimoto for a tune-up and a droid um, to help scout out the ruins of Mandalore. She sells him the famously inept R5-D4, who never fails to fail, resulting in Din having to do it his damn self. Um, after getting captured by a one-eyed uh, monster piloting a spider mech, Mando sends Grogu to, help, or to, get, to get help before he's drained of his fluids. Bo-Katan saves the day twice the second time being when mando nearly drowns bathing in the sacred living waters um and just as she's pulling him up the last thing we see before the, the episode ends uh, we catch a glimpse of what can only be the legendary mythosaur whose skull serves as the signet of the mandalorian people uh and is is the legend also says that uh, when the Mythosaur rises again, it will bring about a new age of for the Mandalorian people. We're all good? Oh, Is that the all? Mythosaur. That's what happened. That's what happened, right? That's what happened. That's what happened. <laughs> cool. Uh, light side, dark side. You want to, you want to get into it, or you want to, or you want to? Do you have anything to add to the what's the hap, what happened, or any? No, notes I, th before? I think we could just jump into. Well, I, I want to say that I love Pelly in anything. And like I, I know Denise when we Harris is freaking awesome and Pelly's great. So I, I watch I watched both episodes back to back. Um, I only wanted to watch one, but I ended up just watching them, powering through both of them. And then I watched your guys' show. I think either the next day, or uh, I, I background watched it when I was playing Deathloop. I think was what I was working on. And uh, uh, Deathloop's great, by the way. And uh, your your show was pretty cool. It put me in a more optimistic frame of mind when I. Cool kind of started making my notes i still don't like the episodes i still think um it's bad but i i agree with what you said about um and and i've i've always said this too i agree with what you said about uh fixing a shallow episode with uh the subsequent episodes in the series um i think it can be like like 
you seemed more optimistic. You, yeah, you seem more optimistic of uh, kind of forgiving that um, yeah. that they can fix it, and you seemed more like a like it was more of a statement, like a statement of fact. When I feel like it's more of a statement of maybe they could fix it you know it could I be mean, like it could be like lost all over again i mean that's a glass half full the, or a glass the, half empty the, right the pessimistic side came through this week mm. because i i feel honestly like we got two very different episodes in this one episode we got yep. the conclusion of last week's and then we got the beginning of season three i, or, I guess yeah, I don't I know. I don't know that we got the conclusion of last week's. I think we got the continuation of the story is what we got. It's not concluding. It's it's do you think he's done trying to get an IG? He, they're still going to bring back IG 11. That's still going to happen. They, it, just they felt, like, it felt weird just to have that split be there. If I, the first scene in the next episode's, hey, here's a robot and it's R5, like wink, wink, wink. So yeah. first off, I believe R five D four has been there at Pelly's shop in the past. Yes, it's he not. A, it's not a. It's not a brand new wink, wink, wink. He's he has been there. He had that score mark before, but now he didn't have the score mark. So I wasn't positive if he, if he was the same. She was well, she gave him an oil bath before. Oh, she, was that what happened? Okay. When she no, sold no. him, when she sold him right after she did the trans okay. transaction, she's she got rid of the all the dirty well, scuffs. Look at stuff. them. We look at them with their continuity. Look at yeah. them. She said, I'll, I'll even throw in an oil bath, you know? Okay, so, okay. so just to be clear, we are officially talking about our likes and dislikes. Wait, and so, I just proved your dislike wrong, right? No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, so, so, no, but, I, but so they, they, they chose that continuity to, to follow, but then they, they forgot about how the armor said, or was it the Favreau Mandalore said that there was only three of them left in, uh, in, in Book of Boba Fett? Well, He's all like, there's only three of us there's, left. There's been a few it's, years between. It's been a few years. That's what Ricky said in the last episode. Yeah. That's what jo John Favreau said, too. Like he said, he said that um, yeah. Grogu was training with Luke for years. And Actually, I'm, I'm I don't sure know if it's been impression. a few years since Boba Fett. Yeah, I don't know. But all I know is, is, you know, it was shocking to me to see that he had more. And we brought that up last week. Uh, yeah. Is that, yeah. but, but, you know, it's. I think it, the whole point of that scene was to express that there has been a passage of time through okay. showing, right? Like they showed, uh, and that was, that was kind of the thing. Um, honestly that I, I, I had complaints about last, last episode is that after the first sequence in that introduction, which was amazing at showing versus telling, right. It didn't, it didn't bother to show me, I didn't bother to over explain everything in the first scene. It just showed me a lot of cool stuff, right? Yeah. I actually felt like the reason I love this episode so much more than last week is because of the ratio of show versus tell, right? Mm -hmm. There was a lot more of me looking at cool stuff and being in awe of like, what is happening? Oh my God, Peli Motto is speaking Jawanese right now. Yeah. Uh, what is that? That's amazing. You know, then, then there's Mandalore. Then there's a mythosaur. There's a freaking spider monster that like straight out of Mad God. Uh, like if you've never seen that movie, that is a trip. Get high or get drunk or whatever before you watch it. <laughs> it's a really crazy well, movie. Well, you have to get Shudder, don't you? It's no, you know, oh, it's uh, is you it can, on something else. Yeah, you can watch it on AMC now. AMC has folded uh, all of Shutter stuff in there. That's a oh, wow, tangent, all of Shutter stuff. Holy smoke. Yes, all of Shutter oh, is cool. now available along with everything else that AMC has under its brand. 
Nice. Uh, anyways, that's a side note. But uh, Mad God uh, is uh, Phil Tippett's uh, magnum opus. Uh, he is famous for working at ILM and doing a lot of the practical effects that have been done in like Jurassic Park. And I mean, pretty much every Steven Spielberg thing ever. If you don't know, he was the dinosaur supervisor in Jurassic Park. He was the one responsible for them getting out and everything. So Mad God is his way of apologizing for that mistake. Uh, But I believe he also did a lot of creature creations for the Star Wars, the original Star Wars movies, correct? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. 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 He he was ILM and everything. So the reason I brought that up is because I really did feel like we never got an explanation of what that spider monster was, but we didn't have to, right? We got for everything we got to see, we got to create our own story in our head just from the visuals that we got. Yeah. And I thought that's very much in brand on brand with Phil Tippett. So I felt like that creature was an homage to all of the things he created, you know, back in the day. It felt like a very Star Wars character. I don't know. Am I wrong? Did, did you guys agree? It felt like it felt like a extension of Grievous in some way. Yeah. Like and you felt like, right, your, your brain went there, right? Your brain said, the, oh, the, I know what this thing kind yeah. of is. It's kind of like a Grievous, right? I it's believe on my thing, form, I called, him, I called him yeah. yoked out Grievous on my form. Yes, yoked <laughs> yeah. out Grievous. I mean, he was just a head, technically. He was uh, just like an eyeball, right? It's an eyeball yeah. with like probably a brain, brain, a brain, brain yeah, attached. But he was heavily reliant on the use of machinery, right, at multiple levels. So I always think it's funny when you have like you pilot a ship and then that ship goes inside a ship. It's like Voltron, right? Like the it's like the lions. Like it's like how many layers like Russian dolls of, of mechas do you need? Yeah. Um, but yes, like let I, me, I don't I don't sound too salty. I I like the Tatooine chunk of this episode on its own and i liked everything else on this episode on its own i just didn't like them together i just it it, the melding of the two into one episode just felt weird for me i mean it felt in on brand with the show usually the show takes place on more than one location every episode right is him coming from one and going to another uh, that's most most episodes of the Mando, right? Are are, are like usually, that. Usually, it does like a Brave and the Bold, though. Like it gives you like one little five, you know, a couple minute action sequence, and then takes you on his his proper adventure. Um, this yeah. one didn't didn't quite have the Brave and the Bold. It it was more like 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 Ricky said. It was like a it was like the the ending the end thought of the last episode, and then it kind of went into its own thing. But yeah, like, don't the but don't the but doesn't the title actually run right after he after leaves Tatooine section? Yeah, yeah after he yeah, leaves yeah. Tatooine, right? Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. It does. So it, it, it does, does do that. Like yeah. so, that's the cold open, right? I, I think there's just more. There's usually more that he does in the cold open rather than wrap up the plot threads of the previous episode. I mean, yeah. the Mando who's famous for hating droids now has a comedic droid sidekick. True. That's and like it's not even just a random comedic droid sidekick. He is a famous character. Like, cre- yeah. he, this is the droid that Uncle Owen originally buys, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in in There's the first a Star Wars movie. Great side story if you ever read the book from a certain point of view about R5. And how. Oh, I'm sure there's lots of stories about R5. How R2 was. Uh, like, he was in cahoots with R2 on blowing up at that moment. No. Because, because R2 convinced him of his mission and. And shit. It's, it's R2 and Hannibal lecter him. You should read the book if, if you... Uh, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of fun little what, tidbits what like book, that. What book is that called? It's from a certain... It's called A, a, a New Hope from a Certain Point of View. And there's one for Empire. 
And what it is, it's a retelling of both stories through short stories about side characters. So one's about R5. There's one about the like whole HR situation at the Death Star when they didn't shoot at the droid ship or whatever when they made that decision. Um, But a bunch of little side stories that go in order from the main story. Are they are they all comedic or? Or, or was that played as a serious moment? Some are played seriously, some are comedic. Um, the audiobook's fun as hell because you have some really good famous people re- reading uh, their own little stories. Nice. But yeah, but that's that's the point. And I think that's kind of been like the, the thing, the running theme of The Mandalorian, right? Is like they bring in like, uh, they bring in like small elements of different parts of the Star Wars universe yeah. and, and bring them more forefront, right? Like they, like, that Naboo Starfighter is now Din Djarin's signature ship, right? Like yeah, the N1 uh, Starfighter. And that's really cool. It's really cool that we get they got to repurpose that thing, you know? Like uh he brought in the Darksaber from from Star Wars Rebels. Like if that's not your thing, you know, because you never watch Rebels. Eve. They brought back yeah, I was gonna bring Eve, that up, yeah, yeah. You know, like and that's I thought that was cool because like that's kind of those things you always like, Ricky, is like you're always pointing out is like you know, you like when they reference the prequels, but like I actually, in this case, really did like that as well because I thought it was it was at this point we've seen other movies that are worse than the prequels in certain ways, right? Or or we've seen other well, stories. It was fitting. It was very fitting for the location, whatever. Yeah, and it was it was cool to understand that it is a legit holiday, right? It's the pod race, the giant pod race that happens every every year. I guess is what is yeah apparently. You know, but uh, Peli was scamming some Rodian out of like to to like they she had the Jawas strip down his his ship and then like bring him back and say and she's like oh fine you're gonna make me work Bunta Eve you know like whatever yeah but yeah what what did you like about that Ricky other than just mentioning uh just again the visiting Peli again I always enjoy her when she's on screen and it it felt very. You know, you get a very lived-in Tatooine, right? Like, you see the background characters, you see all the action, and then I don't think that scene overstays its welcome either. No, for sure. I think they don't walk around Boon to Eve. They don't. They don't do like a quick cut to the canteen. That they're like, "Fix my ship. Give me the. Give me the droid," and I'm out. You get enough just from what you see, right? Like, yeah. Like you see some racing going on in the streets. Fireworks at the end. You see fireworks. Yeah, you see. You see enough to be like, okay, this is an actual tradition that happens on Tatooine. Like, we don't really get to like, we don't really get to like take that in when we see it in Episode One. Uh, you know, uh, like yeah, Phantom Boba Menace Fett made some changes and... because the Phantom Menace is just so like, it's a, a whirlwind, right? You're like, you don't know what you're supposed to take in from every scene that's going on in that movie. What are the important parts? What like there's so much dumb in that movie that it's hard to parse, right? And so like Bunta Eve definitely like all you think of is man, that was like a 15 minute pod race. Oh my god, that was so long. But like I, this I, is I, pod I'm gonna, racing. I'm gonna disagree with you on that only because I really enjoyed the pod race. Like when I hated everything else about the Phantom Menace, I loved the pod race. I thought that was fun. But like if you go back and kind of watch when they're on Tatooine. No thanks. And like w- when Jar Jar's eating that frog, definitely and then, no. And then um, you know, Anakin Qui-Gon's is pretty racist in that, in that and, whole scene. And Qui Gon's pretty racist. Yeah. But um, and uh, when uh, Anakin's berating Sebulba, 
Like you get, you get the idea that there's kind of a party going on and one can argue that it's like some sort of marketplace or whatever, but like, you could also say like, it's part of the boon to Eve holiday. Yeah. Um, that, that they're building on. So what Pelly's essentially doing is doing, she's age of altering, um, the old, uh, the, the, the prequel trilogy. Exactly. And she's, yeah. she's bringing validation to it. And that's, that, 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 those are the kind of things that I appreciate. But to Ricky's yeah. point, how he said it's a lived-in Tatooine, well, it better damn well be lived-in because we've seen Tatooine on, like, like the last anything, 20, right? 20 Star Wars <laughs> things. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, it better be lived-in. It better have holidays. It better have Andor more. doesn't go to Tatooine. Hey, yeah, I was just going to say it. If you're really excited about the fact that you never see Tatooine in Andor. I don't know what I'm excited about anymore. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, do I want to see tattooing? I feel like it's like Stockholm syndrome at this hey, point dude. because I've seen it so much. First five minutes of Andor, Star Wars brothel. <laughs> yeah, I know you told me that. That was that was one of your selling points. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna lie, that sounds pretty good. It's. I mean, I'm not. I don't mean to say like there's naked people running around giving HJs and stuff like that. No, it's just. But it it exists. It's a place that exists in that in that story. You know, like yeah, yeah. You, you, he goes there. It's a real place, and I'm like, I knew they had to exist. I knew so it. I knew when, it. When my friends used to uh, play the RP the tabletop RPG for Star Wars, we had brothels in in Coruscant, and they were for the Jedi because there's they they. They uh, forbid attachment. Yeah, they, attachment. Yeah. No, well, yeah. not, not. No, 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 no. There's no not vow of celibacy. celibacy. Yes. But yeah, but they forbid attachment. So we had brothels that are just for Jedi. If you ever watch Clone Wars, you learn that Obi-Wan actually had a love. He he was he was uh, yeah, he was in love with the Empress Satine on uh, Mandalore. Yep. So he and had a he had a very big uh a, a lightsaber really, yeah, yeah yeah he had a big lightsaber no he had a, <laughs> he he had a lot of he had a big story arc is what i meant to say on mandalore uh in those cartoons like over the course of years uh where and those it's actually through obi-wan that you get to meet all the characters like bo katan crease and sure. pox Visla and all the all the people that were in death watch and everything like that yeah well so. if you were like me and you wasted your time with the expanded universe growing up um, you'd know that people like Kai Adimundi had, had wives and stuff, uh, things like that. So, Fair so n- not, not any of the Jedi, like really, th- there was never any celibacy yeah, side pieces. Argument. Yeah. So it, it was pretty weird that Kai Adimundi had a wife. Like, I feel like that's, that's indirect. I always thought um, his name was Ki Adimundi, but I guess it doesn't, I guess it doesn't matter because the expanded universe is gone now. <laughs> well, Ki Adimundi still exists. Uh, we could agree to disagree. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Fair enough. All right. Well, I think we can all agree that we did like uh, Peli Motto and we did like the 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 t- tattooing segment. But there was a whole lot of other episode to talk about and like um, after after Din got R five D four. So or dislike. So why don't we talk about everything that happened on Mandalore or after that? Um, what do, do what do you guys think? Have you guys ever played uh, Demon Souls or any of the Souls games? I I, I don't like them, but I played them. You played them, Dennis. A little bit. Okay, not they, not enough to go far. They they do a lot of things. They do something interesting in those games, and it, it's very prevalent in like something like Elden Ring, where there's not very much story, um, but there's the story in the way it looks, the story in the the environment, the show and versus think, the tale, right? The show versus the tell, yeah, exactly. 
And I think Mandalore does that a lot. Like there's a lot of like little elements to it where you can kind of, uh, where it's not very handholdy in what, what occurred there or what might've occurred there. Yes. Um, I know, it's, I know they, they do mention like bombing from TIE fighters. In previous episodes. Yeah. Like, like previous seasons and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? The great, the great purge. The great purge. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but they don't really, they don't really handhold of what, what happened or uh, they don't really handhold about the mythosaurs. I think this is, this might've been like one of the first times I heard mythosaurs. Well, she, in that, in that episode of Boba Fett, the good one, where we get a whole oh, bunch yeah, of story. Right. That's where they, you know, uh, the, the armor has that throwaway line that was in the previously on this episode, which is about mm-hmm. the, you know, it's rumored that, or it's the legend is that the great mythosaur, when it rises again, will bring in the new age of the Mandalore. Like when she said that back then, I thought she was just referencing old expanded universe crap um, for the fun of it. I thought it was a throwaway line. My bad. I should not ever discount <laughs> anything the armorer says ever. It's yeah. going to be a plot point at some point. Well, from a, from a writing point of view, to Frank's point, they it's written very smart because Mando and um, Grogu have no memory or attachment to Mandalore. And like you see they, that in that scene where he's flying there, right? Like yeah. he's teaching him about the maps and he's teaching him about like how I've to navigate to that planet. I've been to that, you know, I came from that one. Yeah. But it, um, it, it allows you just taking everything with them versus yeah. having Bo- Bo-Katan there. You know, I'm glad she, we got her, her bits in the show or in this on Mandalore, but it's, you get to see it for the first time with Mando. And I think that that, that was a really cool yeah. touch. I had a lot of fun with just him and Grogu because like the funniest part is when they land, right? He's like, all right, R5, go. And they wait in the cab of the, the vehicle. They're like, we don't know. We don't know if it's safe, you know, like because he's heard all these stories. And so like, it's really funny because it's just the two of them being little cowards in their, in their, in their safe little cockpit uh, and sending this poor robot out to go fend for itself. Um, but yeah, you get that feeling of, of newness, right? Like it's not, it's all uncharted territory to them and therefore it is to us the way it's framed and it's really yeah. cool. I, yeah. I like seeing planets that we haven't seen or just environments in general that we haven't seen before. Like, I don't mind them staying on Tatooine, but why can't we go to like the core of Tatooine or like Tatooine Castle or something like that? You know, <laughs> like some weird place that we've never been to before. But like, here's a totally new environment that we've never really seen. Um, well, in fairness, I've seen it plenty of times. Sure, sure. In, yeah, in, in you, Clone Wars. You, you watch- you watch the little the little kid stuff. No, I like, watched it in Clone Wars, and so for me, it was actually extra impactful when they got to that that part of the cave where you see the ruins of of Mandalore and like how it's like now underneath Earth, right? Like it's so, so you saw it all put together, like when it yeah, was- and so it was really sad for mm-hmm. me when I saw it because it's like, oh wow, that's horrible looking, that's you know. So- like that's- uh, it's it's kind of like in Waterworld, you know, when when Kevin Costner goes way down and he sees yeah. the cities, like it's like that. It was like you know that movie's terrible, by the show. way. Or or like but. Escape from New uh, Escape from L.A. when he's in the rocket ship underwater rocket ship thing to um, Disneyland and you see the shark from Universal Studios come. Yeah, up. same point. Yeah, perfect. But for me, that was actually a really cool. Like that actually hit me in the feels a little bit because like. I had always, I'd only ever seen an animated, but a bunch, right? Like in, in all these great stories with Obi-Wan. And so when I saw it, I was like, 
oh, that really finally hit me, you know, like uh, mm. how how crappy it is. But it is cool that like for there is an entire set of audience who is experiencing this world for the first time. I can say I'm experiencing it for the first time also because it's never looked like this. You know what I mean? Like it's never yeah. it's never looked that way. So same same diff. Yeah, same diff. It just it's cool. I, I'm just fucking glad we're not on Tatooine. That's that's a, yeah. yeah I, I hope you don't go back. Oh, we're exactly. going back. They're going back. We're, well, I think I think here's the reality of it. Like, if you like Peli Motto, she's clearly somebody who never travels. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna go to Tatooine at least once every season of The Mandalorian. That's well, and I think that's the whole point of why this was in there, right? Is just to be like. Look, it's going to happen at least once every time. She even was in the one shot episode of the Boba Fett, of Boba Fett with yeah. Mando, you know, like she's core character, you know, like that's just we're not getting away from her. She, um, she's a fan favorite. But uh, yeah, I, I think but that, that kind of goes to where it, it makes it feel like a video game. That's what's one of my major gripes about the Mandalorian is that I think it would make a better video game than a show. Because he basically does video game stuff. This is like watching a bad Telltale game where you get no choices. <laughs> you know what? I think this is like a glass half full, glass half empty kind of thing again. And I, I'm going to use it as a moment, like as my nerd moment. Because like yeah. I actually I actually have a different take on that, which is still game related. Yeah. Um, I realized when I was rewatching this show or actually on the on the when I was doing my notes for the show, um, I, and I, I, I kind of alluded to it in that little like elevator pitch that I did earlier, right? Which is uh, his greatest strength, right? Mando's greatest strength is not his ability to do badass stuff. It's actually uh, two things. His 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 greatest strengths are one, he's different from all other Mandalorians so far that we've seen, like at least in the lore of the show. And if you remember the first season of the show, when he goes to the covert and we see mm-hmm. all these other Mandalorians who live underground and they kind of don't like him, right? Like they don't like him because he goes out there so often. Like he's, he's the one getting all the jobs. He's the one getting all the money, yeah. but he's also the one that's a people. He's kind of a people person, right? Even as quiet as he is, he's yeah. actually forming a lot of relationships with people out in the real world, which seems to be like my wife loves, she's been, She's, a, I don't know if it's offensive. I mean, I guess they're never going to hear it, but my wife calls the Mandalorians the Amish. She <laughs> believes they're full on Amish people, right? Like they're, they're the way their, their whole way of living well, is, his, is, it's very similar. sect of uh, Mandos, yes, very much. And, is. and so it's kind of like she was saying, you know, how it's kind of similar. Yes, that's what, I, that's what I mean. When I say the Mandalorians, I mean the ones that we got to meet in this show. Um, and, you know, obviously, uh, uh, Bo-Katan is proving it's completely different uh, outside of his little, this is the way people, but uh, there's still something that rings true when he says that to her. Right. But yeah, like, you know, my wife was all, you know, Lindsay was saying how like, uh, you know, the Amish, it's actually not, it's not a normal thing for them to go out of their community and go and talk to people often, you know, like they do it to do trade and stuff like that, but it's not like, Hey, you want to go on an adventure with me kind of thing? Let's no, bounty it's, hunt. it's not a thing, right? <laughs> and so if you think about that, like through the, the context of this show, that's kind of been one of his greatest strengths, right? Is he goes out there and makes friends wherever he goes, right? Like how fast did he make friends with Cara Dune? 
in when he met her. How Just fast, one fight scene and then right? they were buddies. Yeah. How fast yeah. did he make that one lady on that shrimping planet, right? She was going to she wanted to settle down with Mando, right? Like mm-hmm. she just met him like that day, dude. Like it's it's for whatever reason he has a charm that inspires people to want to fight alongside him and stuff like that. And not to mention Grief Karga and the dude that who exactly. who says the line that you named the show after. I forget yeah, that guy's Quill. name. Quill. 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 Never Quill. rest in peace. I, exactly. I mean, this exactly. will go to, go to my point of, or one of my highlights is the, you know, his faith and the faith I'm, of the Mandalorians. It's, it's muddy. I am going to cut you off. Go for I'm it. Not no. done. I'm not done. There was two go. parts to my nerd. Go, go to the second part. But I do like that. I do like where you're going with that. Uh, that's one half of his greatest strengths, right? Is his weird uh, ability to to get other people like to to be to be bros with him the other half of it is actually what i like to look at from a gaming perspective like especially dungeons and dragons you know like uh i i think depending on like how, how you know what kind of player you are or how your dm rolls whatever uh when you have like money in that game uh, sometimes it's a matter of like, you don't have to worry about the money because your DM's going to take care of you and make sure that you get the loot you need to keep leveling up. Right. Yeah, it's, it's like Cowboy Bebop or uh, Firefly or something like that. Yeah. Or the money doesn't some, really matter. Or sometimes there's one guy who's sitting at the table who is like constantly like, hey, so how much money do I have? Um, can I go to the store? I need to buy stuff. Right. Din Djarin is that guy. Because if you think about it, how many times have we seen Din Djarin go shopping? He shops a lot on this show, and it's actually one of the reasons that he actually survives a lot of situations, right? Remember when he bought the whistling birds? Yeah. And then immediately used all the whistling birds to, like, wreck somebody? Uh, he also remember? he also talked about buying buying to replenish the whistling birds. Yeah. Exactly, right? But he, he buys ammo. He buys... He bought he bought the best when he bought the Beskar armor. Everybody was like, "Oh snap! Look at this suit!" You know, like and that's, it that still ass. goes. That goes to my video game point, though the bad video game point, or not? Not I don't want to call it a bad video game point. Let's call let's just call it a telltale game. And you you call a telltale game whatever you want to call a telltale game. Well, but what I'm saying is like I think I think uh, what's cool about it is. It does. It means that he doesn't actually have to be the best at anything he does, uh, because he's he knows how to acquire the equipment, or rather, not just equipment, the people too. He he acquires the resources he needs to get out of situations, and I think that's if we start recognizing that that's really his greatest strength in the show, it's gonna help make things easier to accept. Like when you watch an entire episode of the Mando where Mando doesn't do something cool at all and he just gets caught by a spider monster and drained of his fluids and and we have to watch Grogu run off to go, you know, save him and stuff like that. He's, he's a summoner is what he is. He's got the summon materia. <laughs> yeah, he can summon people. He can summon items, whatever he needs, you know. His only limitation is Cara Dune. He can't summon her. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. I, I I think she'll come back. I don't know if it, it's not going to be the same actress, but I I I will commit to Cara Dune coming back in some capacity. I wouldn't I that, wouldn't hold that, my breath on that one. That, that wouldn't be bad if she came back in some capacity. Uh, not necessarily with the same actress, as a grievous. As, 
<laughs> that was her. That was her in the on Mandalore. It was her. It was her. Yeah, it was her all along. All right, um, now Ricky, I know I cut you off, and I want to go back Ricky, to it because he was going to talk about Mando's faith. I yeah. I love that. I love it. I mean, so I, it's, talk it's about no it. shocker if you watch the show or any of those shows that one of my favorite movies of all times is Signs, and uh, the you they're remaking that. What do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? I don't. I haven't heard it. I and you're you're upsetting me by saying that. Sorry, sorry, Ricky. <laughs> uh, I mean, it won't have Mel Gibson in it, so that's yeah, thing. Just, yeah. He they'll make their own with Cara Dune for Fox. So, yeah, um, Cara Dune will be uh, Mel Gibson's character. <laughs> um, but the movie's about a person who lost faith, finds it again, and this is kind of the inverse of that with Mando. I guess the same story with Bo Bo-Katan, right? So you have these two people on opposite ends of the spectrum, and. I, I like where the story's going going uh so far in that you know it's it's not black and white for either of them. There's gonna be some truth, you know, truth to some of the, the myths and some of the myths are not gonna be uh myths at all. And I'm curious to see where where they draw those lines. Obviously we're getting a myth mythosaur. That's a big shocker to Bo Katan, but I I kinda wanna see what they're gonna pull under mando's uh you know what carpet they're gonna pull under mando to to kind of shift his ideology as well i i do like that you like that about um mando's faith his unshakable faith i see that uh, so in certain media when someone has faith like is in uh like like fright night um the, the kid uh brewster has faith and he can repel a vampire with the cross you know that's a strength but in mandalorian in mandalore in, in the mandalorian i see faith as a as a a negative. I see it as a character flaw. It's but it's his crutch. But, it's his crutch. Yeah. But and then that's what makes Mando interesting to me. Right. Like having having that crutch. Yeah. And I I kind of hope he doesn't lose the faith. I hope he kind of keeps it because it it's a great juxtaposition with characters like Bo Katan or Grief Karga or uh uh what's what's Poochie's name? Uh Cara Dune, Cara Dune. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, but you know what I think about that though is like I don't think he has to like lose the faith. I think he can do like what a lot of people who are who have faith is find a way to, to practice it that, that works for you. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what this journey is, right. Is him learning about himself and about what his faith means to him. Right. So like when, when, when Bo-Katan says, you know, my father died defending Mandalore. And then he says, this is the way. And she looks at him like that just floored her <laughs> because like that she hadn't heard it said that way in a long time. And it almost made her like remember what it was like to be a Mandalorian, right? Like, but I don't think that's going to ever make her find faith in, in the way. But I do think that at least she's going to find faith in Mando and Mando has faith in his way. Well, you know, like, yeah. I like, you know, you know, I've, I've, I've constantly said the armor is the bad guy. I really do believe the armor is the bad guy of the show. Still, I still do. I, I, I honestly Wait. still do. I always will. Uh, you know, but I think it doesn't have to be them coming to battle like with over the dark saber. Like, like I think it can be a clash of, of uh, ideology. I think, I think that's, that what, that's what it'll be, right? honestly, because the one, it seems like they're setting 
Mando down this path to to rule or be the leader of Mandalore. He has a dark saber. He doesn't want that responsibility, but it's kind of being thrusted on him. But in order to unite all of Mandalore, I think he's going to come to realize that his way is not the only way or the best way. And it's about finding finding that middle ground to get everyone on the same page. Well, yeah. So so I see his faith, like I said, as, as a as a negative, as a downside. And I think that's what makes the character interesting. But what, what also makes characters interesting just in general is them overcoming um, their negative, their negative, their exactly. the negative aspects of them. So mm-hmm. him overcoming his faith, however, however that presents itself in the show, I think will be very interesting. And I think that that's kind of what you said, Ricky, about how I think he'll um, always he'll find be... his own way. He'll probably just yeah. start taking off his helmet more. Wait, you think so? Showing, showing off that mustache. <laughs> that you don't have a mustache be... like that. And that'll don't show that'll be the big shift in his faith, and then uh, we'll go sure. into season season four with, with or or he'll have, he'll have a Mandalorian <laughs> helmet with just the mustache showing. Like, like dread, dread. Yeah, like dread. Am yeah, I, exactly. Side note: Am I the only one that wanted to see every piece of armor come off except the helmet when he got in the bath? <laughs> I, I figured it made it a point to say he could seal it up. Yeah, I mean, he did. Yeah, and that, that's what made like going to the planet and needing a robot kind of stupid because you could seal your armor. You could do that the whole time. Then yeah, just uh, kid in the that. car and then just. I mean, he can, but if it gets pulled off, it's in trouble, right? Like, that's the, kind of the whole... Yeah, like, if you get pulled off, you're in trouble. Uh, yeah, like I said course. before, I think this guy likes to spend money on <laughs> tools to help him get the job done, right? He's like, got to buy the right upgrades. He's buying the wrong upgrades is the problem. Well, that's because he made friends with Pelimato, and she clearly scams people. Like, she, she sold them R5-D4, all right? Like, that's, that's just... First mistake, buying R5-D4. That's... No. Got no motivator. Yeah. Uh, what uh, else? So what... I, I actually have a question that Dennis or maybe maybe Ricky might be able to answer. But why? Okay. So when when uh, Bo-Katan wields the dark saber, she does it like a fucking G. When Din wields the dark saber, he's like a clunky asshole. Like why is he? Like why does he wield it I'm, like that? I'm why does so it get happy? I'm so it happy. It gets heavier. That. With, like, you can probably with answer it better than I can. Yeah, I'm so happy. Is, is that a thing? Is that a thing? That is a thing. That's oh, okay. it's 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 actually a thing that um so Sabine Wren is one of the main characters in Star Wars Rebels. In, yeah, Rebels. And, and she's the character uh, supposedly she'll be showing up in this show as well at some time. Some she's a soon. Jedi though, right? Or is she no, a Mandalorian? She's not a Jedi. She's a she's a Mandalorian. She's a Mandalorian. Um, okay. Yeah. She ends up with the dark saber. And by the way, she gave it to Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan didn't win it in combat. I, I've i gone off on that you think, one. Do you think Bo-Katan's just they, embellishing they, they the story? They touched on that, though, didn't they? Yeah, that's, no, they, that's why... they, re, they, they, yeah, we're, we're, bring, we're bringing up old shit. Don't worry about that. I don't want to get on that. Okay. But yeah. for the brief time that Sabine Wren owned the Darksaber, um, she had the luxury of having a, a, a Master Jedi alongside with her, and she had people kind of teaching her that the 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 dark saber is like its own special beast of lightsaber that it actually is not just a sword that you wield. It is uh, an energy that you have to let flow through you similar to the force. Right. And okay. so if you're not, if you're not feeling the flow of energy, like you bad you're, juju. Not, you're not, yeah. If you got the bad juju or if you're not bothering to learn how to use this thing, it's super heavy to its wielder. And so I actually really like that you picked up on that because that was 
very made that was made very clear when Bo Katan picked that sucker up and wielded it like a badass because she knows how to use the dark saber. It's like right? water bending. Din, <laughs> Din is that guy that buys tools or picks up tools and doesn't know how to use them. He didn't buy the skills, and that's what pisses me off. Yeah. Because if I were playing the Mandalorian game. I would buy the appropriate skills before I bought the appropriate weapons. Like, <laughs> yes, just fair doesn't enough. make any sense. But in theory, at some point, we might see that'll be another point of growth, right? Is him gotcha. learning that he like how to actually use this thing. Okay, because because I, I had assumed in, in Book of Boba Fett when he was fighting, uh, I think it's John Favreau in the armor. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was fighting, he was that pretty guy, bad with it then too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I just based on that scene on on the battle on Halo. Um, I had just assumed that he just sucked at it. He didn't take the stats. You know, you gotta, you gotta yeah. take the plus one. He took a negative four to, to using it. It's, well, but, well, yeah, back it's to because the no one's part of it. I don't, I, if I recall correctly, he doesn't even, he didn't even know it, ex- what it was when he got it. Well, because the armorer is a shady bitch who's yeah. kept a lot of the history like, of the Mandalorian people, uh, away from her people. Right, she doesn't. She knows all the but stuff. Yeah, he, he didn't know what it was, but she has the inclination she because she's a freaking David yeah. Koresh who created a goddamn religion only ten years ago and just started like spouting all her lies and stuff and and withholding truths. But every time Din Djarin comes back to her and he's like, "Hey, I met another Mandalorian and they told me this," she's like, "Yeah, I know about that." Yeah, That's yeah, Bo-Katan's she, wrong. Bo-Katan's an idiot. She does that every time. She's so I hate her. I like. I mean, I love her and I hate her at the same time. She's I, I hated the way. Like, if we want to go back real quick to talk about episode one, I hated the way she ran at the lizard monster. Like, and you're all like, "Oh man, she's gonna do something sick." With the hammer and the, and the hammer and an axe yeah, or something or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, oh, she's gonna go. She's gonna do it, and then mm. whack. And I'm all like, "This is she the just, dumbest." Whatever. Shit. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. Um. We can we can heal from that wound. Okay, um, but some people say that the dark saber is stronger than lightsabers. Like, what's the what's the metric that they use? Like, what? I mean, it was a so like it was a lightsaber created by the first Mandalorian to ever become a Jedi. Like, it was just a special one. I don't. I don't. It, it has a kyber crystal. Yeah, I don't know that it has. It is does? it a, is it a kyber crystal? Is it specifically? Yeah, that's what makes it a lightsaber. Well, it's not. It's the dark saber. Well, I, it's a <laughs> yes. It's, so it doesn't. It has the absence of a. Kyber it's not crystal. called a lightsaber. It has a kyber crystal. It actually makes different sounds than a lightsaber too. It does. I'm pretty sure if you buy one at Disneyland, you can take out the kyber crystal. <laughs> That's interesting. Anyways, we'll, we'll do a whole I, I, episode I hate kyber on the dark saber. I hate, I hate it all now. But the but the point is it. It acts funny. It's a it's it's it got acts a, funny. it's it's got a personality. It's got weight of. to it. Like that's yeah, already it, a different yeah, lightsaber. Yeah. If if you don't bother to take the time to read the instruction manual, it's not going to help <laughs> you out. That's basically how that thing works. Uh, fair enough. Um, and he's never bothered to right. He just sees it as well. Everybody <laughs> says it's a good tool. Yeah. I'm he, just going to. He doesn't bother, and he hasn't seeked it so, out. Like he's not. So he went to Reddit to spec out his 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 gear. And everyone's talking about how the dark is the gear to have, but he doesn't know how to use it yet. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, okay. exactly. That's I mean, that's the best example or the best summary you're going to get of that. Yeah, um, because it's a video game. Because the show's a freaking video game, and that's okay. That's okay. No, no, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's okay because I like video games. Uh, you know who's it, another just, character in that video game that we haven't really talked about? Who? Dad. Rogu. 
Oh man, that's a good ass puppet. I was hoping we would never get to Grogu. Really, Grogu is pretty good in this episode. I the flips are weird. The flips I'll give you are weird. Yeah, that's that's my that's the force flips. There's some Yoda ass Yoda ass flips in there. It once once episode two came out, Attack of the Clones. I hated seeing Yoda flip around like a weasel on crack. But here's and see, the thing. See, but seeing Rogu does that brings up those memories, the memories of how I felt. Like I've long since accepted Attack of the Clones and accepted Great that. Movie. That's Attack weird. For me, this is like the Boonta Eve thing. Like yeah. if you can swallow the pill of Boonta Eve the first time around, then sure. it, referencing it again is like, okay, well, there's at least there's a consistency in the canon, you know what I mean? Like, so sure, sure, sure. for me that like, we know that he studied under Luke for a while and Luke had to learn how to do flips and shit. So Favreau had initially said three years and then he backpedaled it. It's any time between zero to two years. And I'm all like, what the hell Favreau? I think it's enough time for, for, uh, you know, Luke to teach Grogu yeah. how to use the force to flip. How long did Luke stay on Dagobah with Yoda? Like two weeks. And he yeah. learned how to flip and float. Exactly. And do shit. Yeah. So. Um, so I didn't mind the flip as weird as it looked. I was like, okay, it's, it's at least consistent with, you know, the fact it's that consistent little, with yeah. the other puppet flips that we've seen in Star Wars. Well, that was a CG <laughs> flip. That was a CG flip. He just flips. Um, Oh, yeah, his flip was real. He was on yeah. wires and everything. I don't know. What's <laughs> he gonna be? Oh, okay. I was gonna I say, wow. That, but that, the, that's, the that's his little Disney. mannerisms and his his act, the puppeteering of of Grogu, was, I felt was pretty good. I I loved him good. in this episode because, like, for two reasons. One, I thought it was cool that he had to like he had to fend for himself a little bit, you know, which was which was he did all right. He did pretty good. Um, but two, as a wheelchair user. Oh my God, was I jealous of that thing? I mm. never. I all we'd ever do is is seen his little his little cradle yeah, or whatever he, carriage he thing drives it now float around, but he can full on hit max speed on that thing full and just jam, dude. Jetsons and then he can, and he can go and he can go vertical with that thing. I was just I was blown away. I was just so excited to see him do that. But um, but I really like. I also really liked that when he escaped. They finally justified having R5D4 there because clearly it's not Grogu that flew the ship. It's the astromech, and that's his actual job, right, is to fly yep. ships. So it, it had a it had a legitimate excuse for why R5D4 was there because he was pretty worthless the rest of the episode, right? So sure, sure. Um, so he helped him get to Bo-Katan, and then Bo-Katan comes back, and she just does everything like a boss, like just the like uh, you know what i also really liked about bo katan when she came back is as uh when she flipped on her little light on the helmet and you get a few first person shots of the ruins in the mines right and you see them like all lit by her her light um and that's a really cool like kind of like i wouldn't say checkoff's gun but it's a cool like con- internal consistency that they set up in that part of the episode so that later when she does it again and then you see the freaking eye of the mythosaur you're like whoa what the hell is that thing you know like yeah, i just like very jurassic park yeah exactly very jurassic park I feel but also like also were... it's 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 like when you push the options buttons by mistake and then it ter- <laughs> turns your your third person view to first person view yeah and you're it like, definitely oh, did that it did that a few times but i but i i really liked 
as weird as it was earlier in the scene, you know, like I liked it seeing seeing it in in the mythosaur section of it. So I was like, okay, I liked it. Like there's there's a visual consistency throughout the episode that helps like set things up for later. You know, it, it teed yeah. it up. Um, so I pretty I really appreciated that. Um, I don't know. Is there anything we're missing from like the big the big likes or dislikes, or should we? move on to the midichlorians, which I think we've already actually talked about a couple of midichlorians. We have um, brought up a couple. I'm yeah. kind of curious uh, with, uh, uh, are you guys shipping Bo-Katan and Mando? Cause I'm hearing a lot of rumors about that. Um, like just on Twitter, just people like guessing that. Um, I don't, I don't think I ship she gets a love interest until. Or, or is everyone gay here. now in the, if, if I know if I, if, if Mando for me, if, if he's going to hook up with anybody, it's going to be, the krill Pelly. farmer lady. No, <laughs> the really? krill farmer lady. Yeah. <laughs> the krill farmer? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he's going to retire. I think that's a cool place to retire, right? I thought, because I thought that's that somewhere cool they, they're they never going to visit again in the, in the extended universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. Well, let's make this official. It's time for the midichlorian section of our show. You know, it's the small stuff that has no impact on anything whatsoever. But for some reason, some people still think it's cool. Uh, I think, you know, we mentioned a few of them. Like I have my personal bias towards that hover chair. Uh, I know, you know, we both, we, uh, several of us like the Boonta Eve reference, even though it had really nothing, it didn't meaningfully do anything except just remind you that it's Star Wars. Uh, you know, just like R5, right? That's really mm -hmm. what, what R5's purpose was. Um, but is there anything else? Like, I think there was like the, Frank, you had mentioned like the mythosaur and the banthus skull. Like, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, there's a lot of people online that have never heard of mythosaur. They've always known that symbol on uh, Boba Fett's shoulder to be a banthus skull. So mm -hmm. I, 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 so I started digging. And so apparently like in a 1980s Marvel comic back in the day, and this, this has long been wiped out several uh, times over again. Um, they called it a bantha skull, and banthas I don't think even have tusks, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, they but, don't. They but don't. I think they they called it a bantha skull in that. They have the horns. Yeah, well, they have the side horns. They have so, side so, horns. They have, but yeah, they're they like have, ram. They're like ram horns. Yeah, yeah but they they don't look anything like it. No. Um, yeah. no, 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 no. So, um, yeah, but if if you look up like bantha skull, like the internet will know that you're looking for, you know, the the mythosaur skull. So yeah. it's it's really interesting to see like how much. Uh, I want to say like, and and when when you see people arguing for Bantha Skull, they're all like, no, it it was mentioned in such and such thing, which it wasn't. It's like some crazy Mandela effect thing. See, that's I that's out there. I had always thought for a minute that the Mythosaur was the thing Boba Fett rode in the holiday special. That's that yeah that that's what um supposedly he tamed the Mythosaur or whatever. Um, I, but it looks it doesn't it doesn't it has a very different face than what this no it looks it looks like it looks like a brontosaurus or something yeah. in the holiday special but yeah. I think it was supposed to be a mythosaur or whatever. But we're not gonna consider the holiday special can yeah we don't, yeah we've, like, yeah I mean you got we can have Marvel comics got the rifle from there yeah but it's yeah. they never say it's Boba Fett's rifle it's yeah, just a true. rifle that looks like it that disintegrates uh, fools yeah but yeah no I, I just thought that was really interesting that they it, they did something like that yeah the mythosaur lore is stuff that was. Uh, long established in expanded universe and it seems yep. to be a lot of the stuff that has like that Dave Filoni and George Lucas kind of picked up on 
uh, throughout the years in, in Clone Wars and other stuff. Like the Mythosaur doesn't get referenced a lot at all in Clone Wars, but like there's a lot of Mandalorian culture and stuff that gets set up in there. Um, and, you know, they all do have that, that, that signet on them and stuff. So it was cool to finally get that little explanation, but not only get the explanation, but actually get the actual freaking beast down in there. Like that thing's huge, man. And it makes it, it makes it, it makes it funny that like Boba Fett sent, settled for, for a, uh, a rancor. And it was like your baby rancor is lame compared to this thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's going to be a huge, it, huge beast. It's another thing that just fucking throws more fucking mud in Boba Fett's eye. Like <laughs> the fact that Boba Fett, Boba Fett should be Mando in my opinion, <laughs> but he's not like Disney just wanted to, to just baby, baby kid gloves, kid gloves, Boba yeah. Fett, you know, the, the sins of making more, more the, yeah. the respectful, the respectful crime Lord. Like I, Boba Fett was just so handled incorrectly. And I think this is just the, the, the cherry on top for that. I think, but in fairness though, like I think we're learning that we can like more than one Mandalorian, right? Like, like, like Bo, like Bo-Katan is super cool too, right? Yeah, like, no, so. we don't have to limit ourselves, Bo- but I mean, Boba yeah. Fett had, had a Bo- good Bo- thirty-year run. I was gonna say Boba <laughs> Fett's, yeah, and that goes to my point. Like Boba Fett's like an OG. Like he should he should be he what's, should be respected, but he's not. What's your take like, on Jango Fett though? Okay, the OG. He's not the OG. He shouldn't be the OG, but he is the OG in star wars canon i guess because he came before boba fett so he should be the oog <laughs> but, but really the mandalore came not. before them <laughs> yeah now now they're changing it yeah so like well, I don't not, know. they're not changing it it's just it's just no, never they're, been they're, mentioned. They're, it's never been mentioned in the live in the live action stuff before yeah yeah but, but that's that's basically changing the lore because they they're like uh it was the ultimate mandalore or mandalore ultimate before before they change it what, what who's the who's the new big ass uh, Mandalore. What well, it's just it's, it's it's a title. The ruler of the Mandalorians yeah. is is no, the Mandalore. Well, what do, what do they call him? Oh, call I him forgot. Something. I forgot his name. I sorry, I'd have to look that up. But, okay, but yeah. but so originally in the, in the original lore, he was called like the Mandalore Ultimate or something like that, or Ultima Mandalore or something. I don't remember. He was called something wacky in in the, the that one. So I guess he's the O O O G. You know, had yeah. a Mandalore. So I don't yeah. know. I'm I'm just saying that Boba Fett was the one we saw in the seventies. Sorry, 80s was the one we saw in the 80s, and uh, he should get more respect than he does. But a lot of the the original trilogy characters are not very well respected in uh, within the context of new Star Wars. So yeah, because Mando's cool. Yeah, no, because yeah, because Mando's because Mando is everything that Boba Fett should have been. And he was called uh, Mandalore the first, according to Wikipedia, but Mandalore the first. Who knows? Yep. Yeah. He was also I mean, I get it, right? If if they were, had started, if the Mandalorian would have been a Boba, Boba Fett show out the gate, right? The first Star Wars show we're going to do live action is a Boba Fett show. Yeah. This would be so much baggage. And I, I think they yeah. tried. They tried. There was going to be a movie. Uh, but what's the, his name? Yeah. But the trick is, yeah, like Ricky said, there is baggage. And he was technically, he was a bad guy in that story, right? Like he was, yes, he was a bounty hunter. So he's just doing his job. But like. Yeah we get the opportunity to get a little bit more of a fresh start and we learn like over the course of time that yes, he is a bounty hunter that kills a lot of people and stuff, but like he's also driven by like this really effed up sense of like 
religious duty, right? And so uh, I think that, like you said, that's this really cool character flaw that makes him more interesting than Boba Fett. The Fantastic Four fan four stick in theaters, Frank. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, I did. Okay, well, you know. That's, uh, that's uh, that was my point. Like he, uh, if that, if, what? What do you mean? That was your point. <laughs> that was your point. I, I had a train of thought here because he was going to direct the Boba Fett movie, and then he, he that movie oh, sucked oh, ass, did, and did they pull literally pulled him out at celebration. <laughs> so that was your point. Like I, I, I'm, I'm I, I, I didn't. I thought Frank didn't see the movie. That's funny. No, I did unfortunately see it in the theaters and I, I enjoyed the first like 20 minutes of it, but yeah, it just went to shit. Um, but what I wanted to say also, or so I just looked it up right now when, when you guys were talking and uh, it, Mandalore, the ultimate was made his first appearance in tales of the Jedi, the Sith war It was one of those dark, dark horse comic books. Oh, there's a new, there's a cartoon, which we never mentioned last week when we were recapping everything, but I, I included it in the slides or in the, in the, in the, visuals but tales of the jedi is a show on disney plus now too yeah yeah but, but that's what that's what wipes away well i mean oh, the eu it, the eu it, was already wiped away yeah anyway, yeah, yeah. But, i got but you. He, mandalore the first or whatever is the one that re, like replaced the Mandalore. ultimate it, yeah it's basically them um oh that's weird because i found, I found him content. in legends not canon i found so if you go to Wiki, wikipedia there's two sections now for all for all parts so if you oh, look yeah. up the first the first mandalorian and then go to Legends. That's where you find him, not under Canon. You find Ultimate. You find the Great under Canon. Mandalore so the Great is Canon, and Mandalore the First is is previous Canon. Yeah. yeah. So there's different um, Mandalore the First. I don't think. Okay. So if that's the, if that's the case, Mandalore the Great and Mandalore the First. So Mandalore the First isn't the same as. Um, Mandalore or uh, Ultimate Mandalore. <laughs> well, that's fine. This yeah, is so a I weird tangent, yeah. Frank. Ultimate no, Mandalore it, it's lives so in the weird. Like, universe and Mandalore. <laughs> <in the laughs> six let's, let's. I hate Marvel. It makes me hate Marvel. Let's now. bring it back. Let's bring it back. Uh, one of the other things I, I wanted to mention before before we we kind of wrap this one up is like I, I I briefly said it at the beginning of the episode, but like. Um, this episode was written by John Favreau, which we're used to, but it was actually a brand new director to The Mandalorian. We've never had uh, Rachel Morrison. And so I looked her up and actually, uh, do you guys know what she's from? She's uh, Mark Morrison and Tamora Morrison's uh, love, <laughs> love child. Uh, she was a cinematographer that was, uh, she did Fruitville Station, uh, Cake, Dope, Mudbound, and Black Panther. She did a bunch of cinematography stuff uh, work like I'm going to guess uh, she she got her in through dope because that's actually directed by Rick, uh, Rick from Dope's a great movie. Um, and so, you Dope's know, awesome, but man. but I thought it was cool. I thought like for this being uh, the first known thing that I've seen this person direct. Pretty good. Pretty damn cool. Like it looked it looked really awesome. Like I, I enjoyed how much I got to see of 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 this world versus you know all the exposition we got in the first episode which i really liked that i really liked that about that and so i kind of appreciate i hope that we get more episodes where we're seeing a lot of cool things rather than being told a lot of cool things you know but speaking of of showing and not telling and on the same vein of as as looking up uh, cast members or not cast members, but crew members. Yeah. Um, I noticed that uh, in addition to Lud- Ludwig Jorensen, 
Joe, Joe Shirley is uh, another composer that's working on the show. And okay. that guy's pretty much, he's basically an understudy to, uh, Ludwig Jorensen. Like he's worked together with like, uh, like on Creed and uh, Creed two and black Panther and stuff like that. They both yeah. worked on those together. And, um, Joe Shirley's kind of starting to find his feet. Like he, he worked on like Creed three without, uh, uh, Jorensen and whatnot. So it's, it's pretty cool to see, um, basically his understudy his like his little mini me. Yeah. Well, it reminds me, it reminds me of the Dave Filoni method, right? Like that's what Mm -hmm. Dave Filoni was to George Lucas. He was his little understudy. And so like these guys are basically creating a family of trusted individuals that can shepherd Star Wars into a new era, you know? And so like, Mm -hmm. I think it's cool. I think it's cool that they're building, they're building that group. Rick Famuyiwa is now like an executive producer on this entire season of the show Mm -hmm. too. So, so John Favreau and Dave Filoni brought that guy in and said, yo, you're part of this now. This is just part of your thing, you know. So, I think it's cool. Like, let's build. Let's that build dude left it out the more. Flash movie for for this. Oh, really? He was gonna. He was on board to direct the Flash before. Uh, I'm gonna. Shitty. I'm gonna say that was a good call for him. <laughs> it's a good call. Good call. Um, okay. I I think we've we've talked a lot about this, and I think I kind of just want to know where it all falls. Like where. Why don't we actually rate this thing before we get we get out of here? You know. All right. So I want to hear, I want to hear Frank's rating first on a scale of one to ten, one being Boba Fett and ten being <laughs> season one of Mandalorian. Ten being nothing because I don't love anything anymore. Love uh, season one of Mandalorian. Don't, ten, don't ten, be, ten being an ideal that could never be reached by Disney. Um, you love I, season probably, one. I'd probably give it uh, probably seven, seven and a half, something like that. All right. I'd give it. Okay. I think it, I think it was really competently done. It did yeah. a lot of things that I liked where it showed and didn't tell. Um, but there was also some moments that I just, I just didn't enjoy. I couldn't get into. And mm-hmm. also like, I feel um, having not watched the clone wars, um, that was, that's kind of a detriment because some things like, like um, I, I don't want to say it impeded my, enjoyment of it like like with the dark saber and stuff like that um but i feel like i might have enjoyed it more had i watched the clone wars kind of your homework i i will agree that, but i think i think that's the point right is they want you and, to go back and, and watch but but also but also like got to do my homework the way ricky put it it feels like homework that's why i haven't point. watched it <laughs> uh, for, the, for the record the heaviness uh aspect of the dark saber is not referencing clone wars that's in star wars rebels which is oh, okay. the, it's like kind of like the, That's the sequel, sequel to the clone sequel wars series to the clone wars. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. w- with all, with all the stuff and then the, the fact that the EU is wiped away, that's just, that leaves just a bitter taste in my mouth. So everything's kind of diminished Fair um, enough. in the star Wars universe. Fair enough. That was a long way of saying it was good enough. It was good enough. Yeah. I might watch the third episode, I think is what I'm getting at. All right. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Ricky. What do you what do you rank this one as? You got, you got a silly, you got a cranky face on you. <laughs> I you, did you actually like this episode less than last week? I liked it as much last week's. Wow, there was a really uh, you know you open up a fresh can of peanut butter type of feeling about last week. It's nice and smooth and perfect. Oh no, that was nothing perfect about last week. Wait, uh, last week the entire hour episode about that. But you did say perfect. So when you say but, you don't want to say perfect, wait, which one's the peanut butter episode? <laughs> the first one. 
The first no. one's the peanut butter. This no. one is the second scoop, which is still great. Don't get me wrong; it's it's still a good scoop of PB, but it's not. Oh man! And I think had we not take had we not licked the knife in Tatooine at the beginning of this episode, <laughs> this one might have been a, a better one. But I think that that weird break with the it just really was weird. I I so with that that being said, I'll give it a six point eight. Wow, point eight. It can only go up from here. That's okay. lower than. Well, uh, lower than I think I think everyone knows where I sit on this one. It did go up for me. For me, I had so much love for this episode. Um, I just got like I felt a lot of 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 moments because like there was a lot of quiet, and I got to just see and experience a lot of what I love about Star Wars, and I, uh, what about uh, what I love about the Mandalorian specifically. Um, for me, if last week was a seven or a seven and a half, this one's at least an eight, at least an eight. Um, solid eight. Yeah, it's a solid eight. Like I love this episode so much more. Uh, I, I think we'll get there only... next week. What's that? I think we'll get to an eight next week. <laughs> this, this was at least an eight for me. It could be, it could be a little higher. Um, but I just, I just know that coming off of all of my complaints last week, uh, you know, how I finally ended by saying, I'm going to give John Favreau the, the the slack that he deserves, right? Because yeah. if he's got to do a whole episode of setup, which Ricky calls the first bite of peanut butter, um, <laughs> I would say that if that setup, setup is paid, much. if the setup is paid off, then it's okay that, that we had to endure that stuff. It doesn't if, we're, make if, we're using, if we're using Ricky's analogy... Like the first episode was like using your last three bucks to go to the store and buy the jar of peanut butter and then taking it home. You have to walk home because the car broke down. And then this episode was actually getting to open up and enjoy the peanut butter a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. It's fine. Yes. But you, didn't, you haven't fully engorged on the whole jar, right? Yeah, like you, you, for, you forgot we, the we bread. Is what in the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So no, you have no, no, you don't need the sandwich. You just need the peanut butter for right now. For right now. No, we'll get more. Okay. This has been a blast. I've had fun doing this with all of you guys. You guys are ridiculous. Uh, I'm, I don't know how much of this I'm going to edit or how much I'm just going to keep. But all I know is we got another show to go do and, and we have, way more other other arguments to have about this for forever and ever and that's not gonna that's not gonna be all contained in this one episode so for anybody who is curious you might want to go on our youtube and find that soapbox um you know whenever it comes out uh open to the public or if you want to hit up patreon.com slash media to check it out but in the meantime i want to say thank you to frank and ricky for doing this show with us this was really cool uh, thanks to our audience for tuning in. If you had fun, Frank, why don't you tell them what you, they can do? Uh, they can get uh, The Force Unleashed on the PS3. That game is amazing. And if you had fun with Mandalorian, you'll have fun with that. You can spend your resources well and spend them better. But if you can't afford it or don't have a PS3, just smash that like button. Be sure to subscribe and leave messages in the video's comment section because it really helps the algorithm. It does. Thank you so much, Frank. Yeah. And as always, you can find me on Den X Media, and you can find Ricky on uh, Twitter at 
RR Rickman, sorry, R Rickman 9. R Rickman 9. Yep. R Rickman 9. Uh, Frank would prefer to not be found. So <laughs> leave, him alone, Don't look for him. leave him alone. Um, and with that, you have listened and, and we have spoken. spoken.